0: Lesson number 121, Surah Hud, will begin from ayah 102. and thus is the seizure of your Lord, meaning this is how he seizes people with punishment. How? That when Qura, when he seizes the cities with punishment. الغلمتun, while they are wrongdoing, while they are committing wrong, in Indeed, his seizure, meaning when he seizes people with punishment, that punishment is aleem, it is painful, and it shadid, it is severe. In the previous ayat, we learned about various people, various towns, various nations, about how عذاب came upon them for their sins, for their disobedience, for their opposition to their prophets. And the lesson that we learn from these stories is that this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes people. How? When they disobey Him. This is a lesson. Look at the various people. Look at the various nations. What happened with them? The message was delivered. They were doing wrong. Zalimah. They were doing zulm. But yet when they did not accept, when they did not change, what happened? Allah's punishment came upon them. Take the example of the nation of Nuh a.s., the people of Ad, the people of Thamud, the people of Lut a.s. What were they punished for? For nothing? What were they punished for? Why were they eliminated from the surface of the earth? What was the reason? It was their sins. It was their zulm. So remember this. وَهِيَ zalima It was their zulm that brought this punishment upon them. And وَكَذَلِكَ And this is how the punishment is. What does that mean? That likewise all the people who follow a similar route, they do zulm in a similar way, they will end up in the same way also. They will see the same end also. And another lesson is that realize that the punishment coming from your Lord is very painful, it's very severe, it's unavoidable. A person cannot escape it. So with what confidence do we sin on Allah's earth? With what confidence do we disobey Allah on His land while being His servants? While seeing the people of the past being punished for the sins that we may be committing today. Yes, the people of the past, yes, they committed shirk. Alhamdulillah, we don't do that. But take the example of the people of Shu'aib. Were they not unfair? Did they not cheat one another? But unfortunately, this is something that has become so common amongst Muslims. that We think this is the norm. If you don't do it, you cannot run a business. And we excuse ourselves by saying, oh, we are Muslim and they are kafir. So we can do whatever they want. Don't cheat Muslims, but go ahead and cheat non-Muslims how much ever you want. You know, take the max out of them. Lie to them, deceive them, cheat them, but make money off of them because they are your enemy. This is what we say. But look at what happened to the people of Shu'aib a.s. They were punished for their zulm. And in this ayah is a big warning. If similar zulm is found amongst us, if we are practicing same kind of zulm, then with what confidence are we walking on Allah's earth? Now the question is that why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy them? One nation after the other. One nation after the other. So many nations are mentioned over here. So many are mentioned in the Quran. Why were they punished? Because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us. We didn't make ourselves. He created us. We belong to Him. And He sent us here on the earth. Why? So that He could see who does ahsan amal. And when people forgot the purpose of their lives, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers in order to reform. In order to reform their aqidah, their iman, as well as their actions. So those who... Followed the messengers, they were saved. But those who persisted on wrong, what happened? They proved themselves worthy of not living on the earth anymore, of losing the chance to live on the earth. Think about it. Nuh salam's people, were they punished immediately? How much time were they given? 950 years. I mean, that's not a very short period of time. It's very, very long. It's very long. And if somebody is given a chance of 950 years. If you don't understand now, okay, understand later. Not this year, okay, next year. Not next year, okay, 100 years from now. You know, it's like if somebody doesn't respond to you, you give them a day, you give them a week, you give them a month. Maximum, you'll give them a few years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them 950 years. Did they prove themselves as worthy of living on Allah's earth, enjoying Allah's blessings? What did they bring upon themselves then? Punishment. Take the example of Ad, the people of Ad. They didn't follow the messengers. Instead they followed who? Amra Kulli Jabbarin Anid. They followed the command of every tyrant. And if a whole nation becomes a nation of tyrants, think about it. Would they spread good or would they spread evil? What would they spread? evil. Because you see, when people are oppressive in their families, on their streets, in their community, then as they spread outside, they take their evil along with them. Initially, they may just be hurting themselves, but gradually what happens? They start hurting others. Take the example of Thamud. They were shown the miracle of naqa And they were told clearly, do not harm this Naqah, this she-camel. What did they do? They killed it. So, are they deserving of reward? If somebody outright disobeys you, what would you do? Clap? Very good. Is that what you would do? If somebody does something wrong, outright disobeys you, then what happens? They've lost their chance. Likewise, the people of Lut alayhi salam, I mean we learned about them, what kind of people they were. So if a whole nation became like that, what are they proving themselves as? Worthy of living on the earth? No. Take the example of the people of Sha'ib a.s. Cheaters, liars. These are big crimes. These are not small crimes. And we see that in this dunya also, if people commit such crimes, they're put behind the bars. Nobody tolerates such crimes. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who is most just, the one who likes ihsan, not zulm. He has made zulm haram upon himself. And he doesn't allow it for his servants either. Would he tolerate this kind of zulm being done on the earth? Would he? No. So when he destroyed these nations, remember, he had all the right to do that. Because these nations, they prove themselves unworthy. Inna ayah. Indeed in that is surely an ayah, surely a lesson, an ibrah. But for who? Liman for the one who Khafa he fears al Akhirah, the punishment of the hereafter the one who fears the punishment of the hereafter will find a lesson in this he will take a lesson in this because these incidents what are they? they are a reminder of the hereafter they are a glimpse of the akhirah because think about when the sayha came when the loud blast came and the people they died On the Day of Judgment, what's going to happen? The sound of the trumpet, and whoever is alive is going to fall dead. Previously, it was just one community, one nation. What's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? All people are going to die. All people are going to collapse. So these incidents that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about over here, what do they remind us of? The reality of the Akhirah. In fact, they are a proof of the hereafter, the coming of the Day of Judgment. That if Allah punished people for their sins in this dunya, then He will also punish them for their sins on the Day of Judgment. If one community is brought to justice, then all of mankind will also eventually be brought to justice. Thalika يوم That is a day, meaning that Akhirah is a day, Majmu'ul-lahun nas, majmu' from Jamr, together. That is a day when majmu'ul-lahun nas, all people will be majmur, meaning they will be gathered together. They will all be assembled in one gathering, in one place. And not just all people. Who else will be brought over there? All of the creation all of the creation from the jinn, to the animals to the birds every single creature will be brought majmu'ul-nas and that is yomun a that is mashhud that is going to be witnessed witnessed by who mashhud from shahada to witness it will be seen it will be witnessed by everyone you see if 20000 people attend a gathering What does that tell you about that gathering? Yeah, just simple. No big deal. Is that so? If 20,000 people attend a gathering, that means that that gathering was really important. It was a big success. There must have been something that brought, that pulled 20,000 people in one place. Hajj. It is mashhud by how many people? Hundreds and thousands. What does that tell you about hajj? It's a very, very important event. Likewise, the Day of Judgment is going to be mashud. It is going to be attended by who? The entire creation. Not even one will be allowed to remain behind. وَحَشَرْنَاهُمْ فَلَمْ نُغَادِرْ مِنْهُمْ أَحَدًا Not even one will be left behind. So what does that tell us about the Day of Judgment? ذَلِكَ يَوْمٌ مشهود, Meaning that is a great day. That will be witnessed By the creation that is in the heavens, the creation that is in the earth, those who are righteous, those who are evil, the entire creation. In this dunya, what happened? Some nations were recompensed. People of Ad, people of Nuh, people of Fir'aun. And there are many more that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving respite to. But does this mean that forever they will be fine? No. On the Day of Judgment, on the Day of Judgment, Allah will recompense them for their deeds. Because every individual will be brought over there. You see, if somebody commits a crime, it's possible they're caught. But then there's another person who commits a crime and they're not caught. And they're free for their life. Because no one knows they're the ones who have committed the crime. So they might think, yeah, lucky me, I got away with it. But how long can they get away with it? For how long? Just until they're alive. Because on the Day of Judgment, everyone is going to be gathered and every single individual is going to be recompensed. وَمَا نُؤَخِّرُهُ And we do not defer it, meaning this day. إِلَّا li ajalin For a time, for a term that is ma'dud, that is limited from adad. Meaning, the time of its arrival is fixed. Fixed by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when that time will come, this day will arrive. We think this day is very far because it's not here already. So this is why we think it's very far. But the fact is that it has a fixed time and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it happen when the time is right. يَوْمَ On the day that it will come. Meaning the day it comes. The day it arrives. In other words, the time when the hour will take place, resurrection will take place, and the people are all assembled, they're all gathered, mashud by everyone. لا تكلم نفس Not even a single soul is going to speak. لا تكلم It will not speak. Who? نفس Any person. إِلَّا except بِإِذْنِهِ By His permission. Whose permission? Allah's permission. No one will dare to speak on the Day of Judgment except with Allah's permission. In other words, only those will be able to speak whom Allah allows. If you think about it, if there are just a few people who have gathered in your house for a meal, let's say only five or six people, how will your house be? Quiet or noisy? Noisy. Why? Because even five girls are together somewhere, they can't sit quietly. What will they do? Talk. And as they will talk, they might even laugh, they might even speak loudly. And yes, there will be noise because of that. Now imagine, on the Day of Judgment, it's not just five people in the hashr. It's not just 500 people. It's not 5,000. It's not just 5 million. It's who? Every single human being. It's the biggest gathering ever. And you can imagine if there are thousands and thousands of people gathered in one place, the noise level will be quite high. Because if every single person just whispers even, okay, or says one word or two, they're not really raising their voice, they're talking in a normal voice even, what will happen? It'll become very loud and noisy. But what do we learn here? On the Day of Judgment, not even a single person will speak. Why? Because they'll be too afraid. They will be too afraid. In the Qur'an we learn, وَخَشَعَتِ aswatul Rahman. The voices will be humbled. Humbled. In Surah Taha, Ayah 108, we learn, the day when people will follow, everyone will follow the call of the caller, meaning the sound of the trumpet. They will respond to it, and they will go towards it. And this is the second or the third blowing of the trumpet where people will rise from their graves and go towards the great gathering. fala illa hamsa. All voices will be stilled before the Most Merciful, so you will not hear except a whisper of footsteps. You know what that means? Sound that is not coming from the mouth, but sound that is coming from movements. People will not dare speak on the Day of Judgment. The only sound that will be heard is from what? From their movement. And that also like a whisper. Why? Because people will be moving with so much caution and fear also. With so much regret and dread. They will be overcome with fear. فَلَا تسمع إِلَّا هَمْسَا In Surah Naba, Ayah 38, we learn, لَا يَتَكَلَّمُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ الرَّحْمَانِ وَقَالَ Sawaba None will speak except Him whom the Most Merciful allows. Only those will be able to speak whom Allah allows. And who is it that Allah will allow? In a hadith in Bukhari and Muslim we learn, وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمُ يَوْمَئِذٍ إِلَّا الرَّسُلُ None will speak on that day except the Messengers. And the call of the messengers will be Allahumma sallim, sallim. Oh Allah, save us. Oh Allah, keep us safe. That's all that the messengers will be able to say. Some people, what do they think about the Day of Judgment? That you know what, when it will come, I will say this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I will say that. I will give this excuse, this justification, that reason. But what do we learn here? They will be overcome with so much fear, they won't be able to even speak they won't be able to even defend themselves. Has it ever happened with you that you think about what you're going to say somewhere, but then when you get there, you forget what you had to say? I hope it never happened with you in a speech competition. You think from before, I'm going to give this proof, this evidence, this proof. But then what happens when you're put in that situation, you get so nervous, you're so afraid, that despite the fact that you know your information so well, Nothing comes to your head, and even if it comes to your head, you're not able to speak. You get nervous. You get shaky. The day of judgment is not a minor day. It's a major, major day. It's a very serious day. People will not be able to even speak. Faminhum, so among them, Shakyyun. Some people will be shaky, wretched. And others will be وَسَعِيدٌ And those who will be prosperous. Who are شَقِي and who are سَعِيدٌ Exact opposite. شَقِي from shaqawa One who is شَقِي is one who is suffering from shaqawa From qaf waw. And shaqawa is basically to be miserable, to be unhappy, to be unfortunate, to be unlucky. Who do we call unlucky? Who's unlucky for us? Unfortunate. Someone who suffers. Someone who fails. Someone who tries, yet fails. Someone who's gone through so much difficulty, they've tried really hard, but then still they've got nothing to show. They make nothing. What do we say? How unlucky. How unfortunate. And such a person, is he happy? Or is he miserable? He's miserable. On the other hand is Saeed. Who is Sa'eed? Someone who is happy and successful, lucky and fortunate. Who is fortunate? Who do we call fortunate? Someone who? Puts in a little bit of effort even, and they get great results. Amazing results. One is a person who's standing, trying to prepare some food, they spend so much time, but at the end, their food burns. How unfortunate. And here's another person, who just quickly fixes something in the kitchen, and within like less than half an hour, they've got an amazing thing already. Fortunate, happy. There's a huge difference, right? Right? So some people on the Day of Judgment will be Shaqi and others will be Sa'id. What will make some people Shaqi and some people Sa'id? And remember these are the only two categories. Either a person will be Shaqi or he will be of the Sa'id. Nothing in the middle. Either Shaqi or Sa'id. So what will make a person Shaqi? His deeds. And what will make a person Sa'id? His deeds, his efforts, his Iman. So for example, شقي. Someone who's lived their life, done a lot of things, accomplished a lot of things, spent a lot of money, went through the difficulties of life, but they didn't remember Allah. They didn't do anything for the sake of Allah. Or even if apparently they were doing good things, they weren't really sincere to Allah. So on the Day of Judgment, will they be lucky or unlucky? Fortunate or unfortunate? Unfortunate. And on the other hand is a person who does something, even if it's very little, but with sincerity... Like that woman who took pity on the thirsty dog and for the sake of Allah, she went down into the well and brought water in her shoe and fed that thirsty dog. A little effort. But that will bring her sa'adah. That will bring her happiness and success on the Day of Judgment. Why? Because that little effort was accepted by Allah. Our success depends not just on what we accomplish here, what we do here, what we're making here. What matters is if they're accepted by Allah, if our deeds are accepted by Him. If He gives any value to them. If He gives value to them, successful. And if He doesn't ascribe any value to them, any weight to the deeds that we do, then we're the greatest losers. And whose deeds is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala values, that Allah accepts, those who do it with sincerity, with conformity to the guidelines that He has given. So, فَمِنْهُمْ شَقِيٌّ وَسَعِيدٌ فَأَمَّا So as for, أَلَّذِينَ shaku, Those who are wretched, whose deeds will make them miserable on the Day of Judgment. Does it ever happen that you do something and because of what you've done you're miserable? You made a mistake, you did something wrong, you didn't pay attention, and because of that, you're miserable now? Because you didn't pay attention? Like for example, somebody goes and writes their exam, but doesn't write their name. Doesn't write their name. They didn't pay attention. They were reminded at the beginning. They saw the word name and a big line in front of it. And they were reminded at the end, but they did not pay attention, and they did not write their name. They didn't do that action. So at the end, they don't get their result. Are they going to be happy? Or are they going to be miserable? Miserable. Angry with who? Themselves. Because it was their fault. They cannot blame anyone except themselves. So likewise, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ شَقُوا So those people who are wretched, فَفِي النار. They will be in the fire. لَهُمْ zafirun wa وَشَهِيقٌ For them therein will be violent, exhaling, وَشَهِيقٌ and inhaling. They will hear a lot of noise in hellfire. And what is this noise that they will hear in hellfire? Zafir and Shahiq. Zafir, from the root letters, zayfa And zafir is to exhale out loudly. To exhale, how? Loudly. Like, <sighs> this is the sound of zafir. It is also said that zafir is the beginning sound of the braying of a donkey. It's loud. And it only becomes louder. The beginning sound. How is it? It becomes louder. You see even the sound of exhaling. Initially it's low. But gradually it becomes louder. And then again it dies down. So this is zafir. shahiq, on the other hand, is to inhale quickly. To inhale quickly. That sound. And it is to inhale quickly with a lot of you know, struggle. Like someone who's struggling to breathe. Someone who's got a breathing problem. They're almost choking. How are they breathing? With difficulty. And they're almost breathing very, very quickly. So this is shahiq, And shahiq is also used for the end of the sound of the brain of a donkey. So these two sounds put together. Zafir, shaheek. Exhaling. Inhaling. When is it that you breathe loudly? In normal circumstances? When is it that you can hear your breathing or the breathing of another person? When? When they're under stress. Right? Whether that stress is physical, so they're physically tired, they're exhausted, or their lungs are weak or whatever, so what happens? You can hear their breathing. Or when someone's nervous, when someone's scared, When someone is scared also, you can hear them breathing loudly, inhaling, exhaling. So what does it mean by this? That in the hellfire, they will have zafir and shahiq. There are two meanings for this. One is that these sounds, they will hear constantly this noise, and this noise will be coming from the fire that is blazing, that is burning. Because you see, fire, when it's blazing, it's noisy. It's noisy. So they will hear the fire, they will hear the monster, they will hear it, and that will petrify them even more. That will make them regret even more. Secondly, it is said that Lahomfi has a Sha, meaning they will be exhaling, inhaling, loudly, sighing, weeping, crying, stressed out, nervous, regretful. This is how they will be feeling. it's because of their crying and their moaning that these sounds will be all over hellfire. Horrifying, sighing and crying. And you see when you hear someone crying and you're in pain yourself, that increases your agony. لَهُمْ فِيهَا زَفِيرٌ وَشَهِيقٌ Has it ever happened that you're somewhere and it's very loud and you're tired yourself, you have a headache, can you tolerate that loud noise? What do you do? Let's say you were at school. The whole day you had an exam so you were up the night before and you were really tired, you have a headache, you're sleep deprived, you didn't get to have proper breakfast and now you're desperate for lunch so your friend says, okay, let's go to the mall, to the food court and get some lunch. So you go with her. But what happens in the mall? Loud blasting music. There's too much noise. Do you enjoy yourself over there? What do you do? You say quickly grab the lunch and get out of here. I can't sit and eat here. I'll go eat in the car. I'll go eat in the parking lot. But I'm not eating over here because it's too loud. And every loud noise it only makes the pain worse. The people of Jahannam will be hurting themselves because of the pain, because of the punishment. And on top of that, they'll be hearing these noises. fiha zafirun wa فيها, abiding therein eternally. والأرض, as long as the heavens and the earth remain. دامت, دامت is from the وام, as long as the heavens and the earth remain, they will abide therein forever. ربك, except what your Lord should will. What does this mean? They will remain in hellfire as long as the heavens and the earth remain. Will the heavens and the earth remain? Will they be existing at that time? What will happen to the earth on the Day of Judgment? Finished. What will happen to the sky? Finished. So, what does this mean then? This is basically an expression that shows that this will happen forever. And the Arabs would use different expressions to give this message. So for example, they would say, this will continue as long as the night and day alternate as long as the night and day keep coming and going, this will carry on. What do they mean by that? That this will happen? Forever. If you also say something like this, this will continue as long as the sky and the earth remain. What does that mean? Forever. It's an expression that people use. So likewise, what it means by this is, خَالَدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Meaning, forever. They will remain in there forever. illa مَا شَاءَ رَبُّكَ Except that which your Lord wills. Meaning, except the one, Ma over here gives the meaning of Man. Meaning, the person for whom your Lord wills that he should come out of hellfire. And yes, there will be some people who will initially go to the hellfire, but eventually will be taken out. Rabbaka, indeed, your Lord, fa'alun, one who does, lima yureed, for that which he intends. Meaning, he does whatever he wants. No one can question him. No one can ask him. No one can object to him. And as for those people who are prosperous, who will su'idu, who will be made happy, what will make them happy? What will make them successful? What will make them happy? On your result day, what makes you happy? Failing on your test? Getting an average mark? What makes you happy? If you've passed. And you've passed with good marks. The better your mark, the happier you will be. Isn't that so? So, wa amaladina السُّعِدُوا As for those people who will be made happy, فَفِي jannati. So they will be in jannah. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally, maddamatil samawat wal-ard, as long as the heavens and the earth remain. Again, this is an expression for eternity, meaning they will remain in there forever. Illa ma arabbuk except that which your Lord wills. Does this mean that somebody will be taken out of Jannah? No, because the one who goes into Jannah, he is not coming out. He is there forever, because he will be rewarded with eternity in Jannah. Because that is the home of permanence. That is a permanent abode. So what does this mean then? Illa Meaning, don't forget that ultimate authority is still with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ultimate authority is still with Allah. The decision for all matters lies with who? Him alone. A gift that is غَيْرَ مَجْذُود That will be uninterrupted meaning the people of Jannah, those who are lucky, fortunate, in Jannah, they will be given عطا, a bestowal, a gift, that will never ever finish. What is عطا? عطا is a gift, or a present that is given to someone for their effort, for their service, for the work that they've done. You see, when someone does something that you've asked them to do, does that make you happy? Like for example, there are many mothers over here. If you tell your children, these are the chores that you have to do, and you really don't expect them to do it, given that it's their weekend and they want to take their time off. But then you come home and you see everything's done. How will you feel? Happy. And that might even make you want to take them out for dinner. Because when you're happy with the work that somebody has done, you want to reward them. So Ata is what? The reward that is given to someone for their effort, for their obedience, for their service, for their work. So the people of Jannah are not those who are just gonna make it to Jannah because of their wishes and their hopes, and their thinking, and their knowledge alone. No. It's their effort. It's their striving. Ata'an, a gift. And this gift is Ghayra مَجْذُوذُ is from Jim Dal Dal. Jadh. Jadh is to cut something and to turn it into small pieces. So cut it up and crush it into small pieces. So the small pieces, what are they? Judhadh. Like the idols that Ibrahim broke. Hmm? They were made of stone, they were made of wood, but he broke them. He took an axe and he just broke them. So what happened? He made them into judad, broken pieces. So majdood, maf'ud, that which is cut off. The supply is cut off. Allah says over here, their reward will be ghayr majdood, meaning it will never ever be cut off. It will forever be continuous. The supplies will never end. The service they receive in Jannah will never expire. You stay at a hotel, and they tell you, you have these many vouchers for these many days. These many people can have breakfast for these many days. And if you want more, you have to buy. So eventually what happens? You run out of those vouchers. Because this is dunya. But in Jannah, عَطَاءً غَيْرَ مجدود. The food of Jannah. We learn, لَا مَقْطُوعَةٍ وَلَا ممنوع. The blessings of Jannah in general, whether it's the shade or the fruit. Never limited to season nor forbidden. These days you might be enjoying some fresh fruit. But then what will happen a couple months from now? You will find that fruit in the market, but will it be similar in taste? No. It will be hard, it will be sour, not fresh, covered in pesticides. It's not the same. So in Jannah, food is not going to be limited to certain seasons, all year round. And وَلَا مَنُّعَهُ Nor will it be forbidden. Meaning, nothing will be forbidden in Jannah. Adam ﷺ, when he was sent to Jannah first, one thing was forbidden. In this dunya, are there things which are forbidden for us? Yes, many things are forbidden. We want to enjoy them, but we cannot, because it's forbidden. You want to enjoy the sunlight on your hair and the wind, you know, blowing through your hair at the beach. You know, it's finally summertime. You want to feel it. But they're men. I mean, how can you take your hijab off? So you don't. You keep yourself covered. Right? But in Jannah, no such restrictions. That doesn't mean that men and women will be mingling with one another. Allahu A'lam, how it will happen, but Jannah is vast. Vast. Much, much, much bigger than this earth. And there is nothing, no blessing at all that will be limited. Even time will not be limited. In this dunya what happens? We run out of time, always. Always, right? But in Jannah, never at all. And you see in both of these things that are mentioned over here, the people of Jannah, the people of Hellfire, what has been mentioned? خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ wal وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ رَبُّكَ which means eternity for the people of Jannah and eternity for the people of hell. Why? Because death will be slaughtered that day. Death will be brought in the form of an animal, of a ram. It will be placed between Jannah and Jahannam. The people of Jannah will be made to see it and the people of Jahannam will be made to see it and that ram will be slaughtered. When it's slaughtered, what does that mean? Nobody can die anymore. Nobody can die anymore. There is no death. There is no concept of death. Death has died. It will die. So there is no death for people anymore. People of Jannah will remain in Jannah. People of hell will remain in hell. And the people of Jannah will be told, O people of paradise, verily you will live and you will never die. You will remain young and you will never grow old. You will remain healthy and you will never become ill. You will be happy, and you will never grieve. In this dunya, we want all of these blessings, don't we? We want happiness. We become happy by eating a piece of cake. But then what happens? We become sad again. We are healthy by looking after our body, looking after our diet, our exercise, but the next week again, we're down. One day we're very healthy, fresh, active. The next day, we can't get ourselves out of bed. As soon as people hit their 30s or 40s, they see signs of aging. But in Jannah, no signs of aging. You will remain young, you will never grow old. You will live, and you will never die. So both these options are put before us. On the one hand is Jannah, on the other hand is Nahr. Those who are fortunate, those who are happy with what Allah has decreed, they do something that Allah likes, they will make it to Jannah. And the others, they will end up in hellfire. faminhum shaqiyyun wa Recitation.
1: وَكَذَلِكَ أَخْذُ رَبِّكَ إِذَا أَخَذَ الْقُرَى وَهِيَ ظَالِمَةَ إِنَّ أَخْذَهُ أليم شَدِيدٌ. من خاف عذاب الآخرة، ذلك يوم مجموع ones who are the ones who يَتَكَلَّمُ نَفْسٌ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ فَمِنْهُمْ شَقِيٌّ وَسَعِيدٌ فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ شَقُوا فَفِي النَّارِ لَهُمْ فِيهَا زَفِيرٌ وَشَهِيقٌ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ الأرض إلا ما شاء ربك إن ربك فعال لما يريد the الذين سعدوا ففي الجنة خالدين فيها قال الدين فيها ما دامت السماوات والأرض إلا غير